0: Capturing, capturing the, world, the world, 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 world. world. what's going on y'all this is your host david carmichael the second and we have another great episode for y'all today and i also have another great special guest she is from alabama Um, her name is michael Renee. she has a salon called sheer glory in alabama how you doing today i'm doing good how about
1: yourself
0: i can't complain at all i'm doing real good on this beautiful day in virginia um how are you doing in alabama how's the weather down there i know it's hot up it here is hot.
1: <laughs> it is scorching hot it's a little bit cooler than what it's been for the past couple of weeks but it's still hot the humidity out here is crazy
0: yeah same here like it's been like in the 90s the high 90s like all week like I, yep I, I, think same on, here. I think on sunday it was like like 100 i think it hit it over 100 on sunday it was real high
1: yeah same here it's
0: been about it's been about the same like we haven't seen anything under 90 95 so it's been pretty hot yeah man um but you know yeah i mean hopefully it start cooling down soon it's probably not gonna, it's not gonna stop anytime soon but i feel like in virginia it's, it took a long time to really start getting real hot um mm-hmm. it's been like a, yeah it's like a, it was like a slow summer down like up here um mm-hmm. But, you know, how we do, like, we don't like the cold. And as soon as it gets high, we be like, man, I, I can't wait for it to cool down. It's like, which one do you want?
1: <laughs> right. And see, I'm from the north, like, originally from the north. So, like, cool weather is nothing to me. I actually hate the heat. I hate how hot it gets out here. But it's the same thing. Like, during when we were quarantined, like, it was, it was still nice and cool. Like, you can go outside and not worry about, like, sweating up a storm. And then it just seems like as soon as May hit, like it was a switch, so uh-huh. it's been like scorching
0: ever since, <laughs> yeah, man. I know, right? Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, yeah, we we're just talking about you know, you have a salon called Share Glory. Um, mm-hmm. and I know the story that you told me about was you know, it was considered um non essential during like the COVID, all this COVID stuff going on, and then you mm-hmm. birthed another business called Honiku Naturals. <laughs> Okay, cool, cool. But before we get into the other business, let's talk uh-huh. about your salon. Um, how long have you been having your salon, and what made you want to well, do? You know, do that.
1: Well, um, I've been doing hair now for a little over ten years. I've been licensed for over six, and um, Haneko. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not Haneko. Sheer Glory. I was created. Was birthed Um, back in 2000 and actually 16. um, I was still working underneath the salon I was working at and um, Sheer Glory actually was a hair growth oil. I have a hair growth oil um, because I had a lot of clients that were coming in with alopecia or there were spots in their hair that wasn't from alopecia, but it just wasn't growing. So um, I created a, um, a hair growth oil called Sheer Glory Healing Oils. And so about a year later, um, I just felt I just felt the push to go ahead and start my own salon. And um Sheer Glory was birthed June twenty eighth, two thousand and seventeen. We actually just celebrated our third year anniversary. Really, really happy about that. Congratulations. Um, and so that's how Sheer Glory was birthed.
0: Awesome. So how many Well, actually, what made you come up with the name Sheer Glory? And what is what is like a meaning behind that? What is the meaning behind that?
1: There is actually so um in the Bible, it says in 1 Corinthians eleven fifteen that a woman's long hair is her crown of glory. Mm-hmm. And um, I came up with that name because I wanted, um, I didn't want the experience of women coming to get their hair done. I didn't want them to have that same experience where you just kind of go into a salon, you get the relaxer, you get your hair done, and then you just up and leave. I wanted it to be an experience where women came in and they felt beautiful. Um, yeah. A lot of women deal with low self-esteem, especially when it comes down to their hair. And I wanted women to just fall in love with their hair all over again. And even if you've never fell in love with your hair, if you if that's like an insecurity for you, I want I the whole point is for women to come in and to feel not only look beautiful, but feel beautiful on the inside out.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you definitely that's definitely great when you have a business and you want to make it more of an experience to um compared to just them coming in and just getting their hair done and leaving. Like you want to have a connection with them and that would help Absolutely. them want to come back as well. Like, you know, if you build a relationship with your customers, you know, they feel like, you know, they can trust you to keep coming back to your salon. That's definitely a, a way you want to present yeah. your business. So Absolutely. I can definitely agree with that. Um, Especially, you know, when I get my haircut, like I go to my barber, but like, you know, you want to feel comfortable in a place where you, get certain things done to yourself and um yeah definitely keep you com- keep you coming back so right what when you you know created your salon um like how many workers do you have how many people are actually doing hair in the salon
1: it's just me oh actually. really okay I, um eventually because right now i have a suite mm-hmm. um but eventually the plan is to open up a bigger salon Um, to get a building and open up a bigger place um, so I can start hiring people. But when I left um, the last salon that I was a part of, there was no drama. There was no beef. We left in peace. Everything was great. But I wanted to kind of be by myself and kind of build by myself because I didn't want to hire somebody um, just yet. And I really don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Or what what I want the salon to be about. So um, it's just me for right now.
0: Hey, I feel you because – you know, this podcast is based off my closing line called capture the world. And, um, you mm-hmm. know, this podcast is just, oh, that's, me- that's tight. yeah, thank you. So I, I, you know, I just use this podcast to talk to different entrepreneurs and business owners like yourself. Um, but related mm-hmm. to what you just said, you know, running a business by yourself, you know, I know for me, it's kind of, I mean, it's me and my dad pretty much. I kind of do a lot of most of the stuff, but my dad helps me as well. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, for me, it's kind of hard to find a team and even, this is my situation like trying you know having enough funds to be able to, to be able to hire people and even trust people to do other business aspects like man can i even trust this person to go to the bank mm-hmm. or do this to do that you know what i'm saying it's like right. haven't really found those people yet but you know in due time those things will come um mm-hmm. but yeah it, i mean for me it's kind of like you know i want to put all my hands in the pot and make sure everything is going well with my clothing brand and I don't want to put this in somebody's hands and then they mess it up and then they make me look bad because I'm the face of the brands. Like, you know how it go, but
1: and and I agree with that because I'm the exact same way. Like, it it actually bothers me. It's a humbling moment to have to say, "Hey, I need help." You know what I mean? Because I'm the type of person, kind of like you, if I if my hands are in it, I know if I mess it up, I can just get upset with me and just kind of go about my business. Right. But if I'm paying somebody else or trusting somebody else to god forbid mess it up then you know i don't want there to be any issues but i think um again that's a humbling experience you need a team we can't do everything by ourselves so that was but that was definitely something that i thought of even during this quarantine like okay you eventually you're gonna have to hire help because it's getting busy to the point to where like you know again you can't do everything on your own so team building and being able to trust your team if you um you know i believe i believe that god gives us discernment or even like your conscience tells you stuff that little voice like if something's wrong then obviously or if that person's not right for you then obviously that person is not to work for you but um he's like i i believe that he is going to give you the right team and just like he's going to give me the right team and we have to learn to trust in our team
0: that's right you gotta trust them yeah like at the end of the day like it's nothing you i don't want to say there's nothing you can do about it but as far as just, you know, God would give you whoever, thanks, will help you with your business. And you just got to trust them. You know, like at the end of the day, you're going to need help regardless. And, you know, whatever that comes, you just got to trust the people that's around you. And, you know, the more experience you get, the more you would know, okay, these are the people that I need, to, I need to surround myself with and they can help me with my business. So,
1: right.
0: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um, But, like, has it ever been a time where it was like overwhelming for you? Like, it's, You know, when you buy yourself at a hair salon, you know, how often are you able to just leave and come back? Like, or do you got to be there all day? Like, how does that work for you?
1: Well, because I um, because I have a suite, um, I actually have the liberty to just kind of. Leave when I when I want to, mm-hmm. um, especially because where the salon is, all of my clients get lost. It never <laughs> fails, <laughs> I uh-huh. it never fails. I give all brand new clients a fifteen minutes, fifteen to twenty minute grace period because I know they're not going to find the salon. So um, I don't never have to worry about walk-ins. I think I've had two walk-ins in the three years that I've been there. I've had two walk-ins, so I don't ever have to worry about walk-ins. So. Let's say if my uh, my work days are Tuesday through Saturday. So let's say Tuesday, um, my hours are 10, between 10 and 10 to four. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't have a client coming in until like noon, I'm not coming in until noon. So uh, at least 1130 right. is <laughs> so I can prepare myself. And if I only got one client for that day, she comes in at noon and I'm done with her by two o'clock. Um, when she rolls out, I'm rolling out. So right. um, it's not until I get my own building that um i'm probably gonna have to start you know if i'm saying if i say that i'm open at this time i'm gonna have to be there um yeah because i plan on my salon having a great location so that way clients don't have to um do the whole 10 to 20 minute grace period trying to look for the salon so yeah
0: awesome so like have you How often um has you know do people be on time for the appointments have you ever had to deal with people that's not showing up or being late like how often have you had to deal with that so
1: uh, <laughs> um i had to actually get to a point where i was putting where i had to put my foot down mm-hmm. um because i had some clients who would just come late and um these are people that have been with me these are not you know brand new clients these are people that have been with me and um, I'm learning that you have to separate business from pleasure. you cannot right. or especially business from any type of relationships because if they see a bit of weakness on you and I hate to say it, but it's it's us. Mm-hmm. So if they see a bit of weak, a bit of weakness on you, they're gonna try their hardest to run over you. So I had to get to a point to where it's like no if you're I'm gonna give you a 15 minute grace period because if I have a if I have a booked day, Like from beginning to end, you being more than 15 minutes late can mess me up and mess up the other client, especially now we're because we are having to follow certain guidelines due to the state. So it's like, so if you're 15, 20 minutes late, new people are kind of, you know, again, I give a grace period because I understand they're not going to be able to find the salon. But if you are a regular client and you're more than 15 minutes late, um, I charge you. It's a fifteen. It's a fifteen dollar charge. And if you're more than if you're more than thirty minutes late, I have to reschedule you. And actually, during the quarantine, I had been wanting to switch over the booking site that I was using uh-huh. because I really felt the need that I needed to start get it, making my clients pay deposits. And a friend of mine asked me. He was like, "Hey, are you going to are you going to give are you going to make your clients start?" paying deposits and I was like no because it doesn't happen that often so I don't want to do that but I I had to slowly but surely realize like hey one time is enough you know what I mean like you do a no call no show or you just don't show up to your appointment and nine times out of ten the people that do that they book very large um Like, let's say if somebody comes, somebody books a crochet, that's one hundred and twenty five dollars that I'm out of one hundred twenty five dollars if you just don't show up. Uh So um, during quarantine, I actually switched booking sites to where now my clients have to pay a deposit. Um, And I feel like as a as a business owner in general, you have to get to a point because during quarantine, like the state didn't help me. You know what I mean? Like I was pretty much on my own. They didn't start to help me until like they actually started opening up everything. And by that time, I was already working. So I had to kind of shut everything off. So um, I've learned as a business owner, you have to you got to do what you got to do for you to secure the bag for yourself. So um, to answer your questions, my clients have to pay a deposit. And if they're late, they have to pay a late fee
0: i mean shoot yeah i mean <laughs> they just got to realize <laughs> you know business is business and they got to kind of look exactly. at it as you know you you know when, when it's certain things for your business you kind of want to look at it on the customer side for you know different things and then when it comes to stuff like what you know what you was going through you know customers mm-hmm. have to realize what it takes for you to do what you do and i don't think customers really you know some customers don't really understand that they're just thinking about you know they're going to just get their service And they're going to just do it how they want to do it. But you got to look at it on both sides, you know?
1: And another thing that I've also learned too, and I had to tell a couple of friends this, who just opened up their salons. Um, the ones that are supposed to be there with you are going to be there with you they're going to respect whatever you whatever guidelines you give them and you go about your business if you feel as if that you can kind of be lenient in certain situations i mean of course if your child gets sick at the last minute like i'm not going to hold that against you if you know you have car trouble if your tire pops or whatever i'm not going to hold that against you but your clients will respect you more like i even have business hours like my clients know not to text me at no nine o'clock at night. You know yeah, what I mean? But right. like at this point, like I'm trying to rest and I've had a long day and I gotta get myself together. I gotta cook, I gotta eat,
0: you right, know, right. wind
1: down for the day. So um if and it's if it's that big of an emergency, then it sounds like you might need to call nine one one. But my clients know <laughs> after nine o'clock, well after excuse me, after eight o'clock, I don't respond.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you gotta and you they, gotta you gotta live your day. You gotta get the rest of your day together you know
1: right
0: yeah i agree i feel you and uh another question i have i know you mentioned you know the government helping you do you know during this pandemic covid 19 and all that um mm-hmm. and i know you say your salon was considered non-essential so was you able to get like any relief from the government like i know they was doing like you know business loans and grants and all that stuff like how were you able to Do anything with that? No?
1: (laughs) No. Um, So there was rumors. Like we, I don't think anybody kind of took this seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, We had rumors because my home state, Connecticut, had shut down. I wanted to say, I want to say like maybe three weeks before we did. And uh, well, about two weeks before we did. And um, when there was rumors that we were getting ready to shut down, um, I went ahead and I applied for food stamps. Um, and I also applied for the SBA loan and I applied for unemployment. Um, the food stamps, they came a little late, but it was a lot better than the actual SBA, the SBA, the SBA loan I got denied. Um, but well, actually what happened was they actually ran out of money. SBA loan had ran out of money. Um, cause when I went to go apply for it, I got an email back saying that they had ran out of money and then you were able to do a loan through your bank. They had ran out of money. And Mm. so, um, luckily, luckily I I had my savings account and, um, and I talked to my rent people or whatever the people that I pay rent to, I didn't have to pay booth rent. So, um, the salon rent. So that was, that was a blessing in itself, but, um, the state didn't come through until about two weeks. Um, before we got noticed that we were going to be opening back up. So um, again, Mm. I'm grateful that, you know, I didn't have to spend no crazy money. I think the most that I spent money on was food and um, the money that I spent to um, start my other business. But people were like sending me cash apps and stuff like rent. My clients were sending my clients were sending me money back to back. So um, I really didn't have much to worry about it. Like I told, um, you know, car insurance, car note, like, look, if I can pay it, cool. If I can't pay it, like you know, yeah, you know, we randomly got shut down. Nobody was able to prepare for this, so
0: yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it's. I feel like that was it's like a domino effect because you know, as far as you were saying, you know, you didn't have to pay your booth rent, and then the person that you know rented out the building to you, they had to make a decision because you know they might own different properties, and they're like, man, well. How am I, you know, how am I gonna get paid, you know, but mm-hmm. then you gotta worry about how you can get paid. It's like a domino effect going all the <laughs> way down to Hello. The, to the bottom. And um yeah, it just sucks that, you know, this is this has been happening, but you know, we all gonna get through it. And um you know, and I I, I read something else about those loans and I heard like, you know, bigger businesses were getting those loans and they were that was stopping the small it. Yeah, they didn't need it and the smaller businesses were not able to get access to it, which I just heard your story and that happened to be true you know that's sad that it had to happen like that
1: yeah um my i know my aunt was telling me um that they were paying like the basketball players and i'm like well aren't they already millionaires like i mean i'm pretty sure you're gonna be okay right if you don't get paid a couple million dollars compared to somebody like me you know what i mean like i don't have millions yet So um, I thought it was very um, I don't think they handled this, especially with business owners. I don't think a lot of people I don't think the states realize how many business owners like are actually out there. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you have your people that work in corporate America. You have the people that work. Um, at the call centers, you have the people that work at like McDonald's and stuff like that. That's cool. But just like how you have all them, all those people, there's still an equal amount of hairstylists, nail techs, barbers. We're we're not even talking about like the mom and pop stores. We're not talking about like the restaurants and stuff. We're just talking about like hairstylists alone. I live in the South in Alabama. Yeah. Huntsville hairstylists alone. There's, I'm pretty sure we're equal to Boeing or close to it.
0: Mm hmm. Right.
1: So I don't think they I don't think they did I don't think they handled that correctly by any means. I mean, I get it, it was like, you know, everybody was kinda in a frenzy, but just like everybody was saying, like you knew this was gonna happen. Like there should have been a plan. Um, and even if there wasn't, there should have been some sort of plan or order to come into place because I mean, I wasn't worried. I was grateful that I was out of work because I was able to rest and just get everything done that I needed to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, you know, hurting for money, but there were some that I know that was so, you know, especially being single my, single parent with kids, like that was rough.
0: Right. Well, were you were you able to like um, do some appointments from your home during that time?
1: So um, I did. I, I only did like maybe two or three mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to use wisdom. Like from right. what I've been told, having COVID is right, facts, worse facts. than having the flu. And uh-huh. I've had the flu. And if it's worse than that, then um, I wanted to use wisdom because I did not want um, that sickness running in my home, and then I get sick, and I I just didn't. I still saw my fa- my parents, my family, and stuff, and I didn't want to carry that out to them. So, um, I think I did maybe like two or three, no, about three, about three people. Um, and it was clients that have been with me for a very long time, and um, but yeah, so I I didn't want to I didn't want to just have people coming in, and plus that's my safe this is my safe place. I don't want people running in and out of my home.
0: Yeah, I know that's right. I know. It's been hard for people that was, you know, like for us guys, you know, getting our haircuts. Like, I remember when this first, when everything was first getting shut down, like I ain't have a haircut for about two months, man. I was looking crazy. So I don't know what. And then, <laughs> yeah, my
1: brothers
0: are them. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I had to, then I had hit up my barber one time, you know, when, it's, when they were talking about opening stuff back up, but they won't open right just yet. And I had sex mm-hmm. to him, man. I was like, look, man, I need a haircut, bro. Like, you know, are you cutting <laughs> somewhere? Like, I know this COVID's going on, but I mean, look, if you got, if you, if you can be safe somehow, let's do it. So I went and got a, finally got a haircut with him. But, you know, since then he's been open back up his, um, his barbershop and everything. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's like, it sucks for those people that got to work hands on, you know, like yeah. doing hair, you got to be hands on. It's like, you can't it's not like going to the grocery store, you know, or going through a drive through, you know, you got to be hands on. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's crazy. Like, have you, what have you been doing since you've been open? Like, have you taken any safety precautions or how are you even able to do anything safely wise by doing hair? Like, how can you do that?
1: Well, you know, the crazy part is my aunt, um, she is a hairdresser as well. She lives in Sacramento, California. And, um we were talking about that and she was telling me how she's doing hair with gloves and I was like well, huh how you, right. she was like yeah I'm cutting hair and braiding hair I said ain't no way <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it but yeah go ahead sis do you but um we are taking extra safety precautions um the hardest thing that we need the hardest thing was um we didn't disinfecting anything in any of the stores that probably was like the hardest ever because we have to disinfect so um but i feel like what we're doing now is just kind of reiterating what we should already be doing um and um that's been put in the cosmetology handbook making sure that you're i mean we disinfect our utensils that's no that's without a question Mm -hmm. but disinfecting like the chairs like right after each client and sometimes especially because um with the traffic coming in and out, it's so busy. You kind of forget to like disinfect everything, but how the salon is now, um, they keep the door locked. I have to come get you. And I actually prefer that because now instead of me trying to rush and hurry up for the, because the next client's already sitting in my, you know, sitting in the salon, um, it gives me time to actually, okay, let me let me clean this, and let me disinfect that. Let me, right. you know, clean up my area. Let me get my prepare myself so that way I can. You can come in and you can have just a, a better experience. So um, I'm able to go outside and go pick, go get them instead of them just walking in. Hey, girl, I'm here. Well, come in here and have a seat. So, um, so yeah, we have to. It's pretty much stuff that we should we. A lot of people either should have been doing or what we've been doing. we just kind of like up the amp a little bit more than um we would have before covid
0: facts facts So, are you are you wearing wearing a mask while you're doing hair and do, do you require your customers to wear masks too
1: they can't come in without one right yeah, you. <laughs> so um yeah i i wear my I they can't come in without one i have to have mine on and you know i gotta protect myself too like so, yes, the mask is – there's a mask that I have to put on. Well, just that mask. Some people don't wear, like, their full face shield. I'm not doing that cause I got to <laughs> breathe. So, <Right. laughs> it's already hard to breathe with the mask on. So, um, just that, just the mask. Um, I don't do the gloves because I just think that's pretty much impossible.
0: Yeah, I feel like when you're doing hair, you got to, like, really be, be able to feel the hair and, you know, to help you do what you got to do, you know? <laughs>
1: exactly unless i'm doing like color or something like that that's fine but um other than that no i'm not i'm not wearing gloves but i still don't understand how my aunt is doing it but if she doing it kudos
0: to you sis right i guess whatever works for you you know
1: <laughs> right right
0: <laughs> so um i know you mentioned um your other business you started and i'm probably about to mess mm-hmm. the name up again uh Haneko haneco haneco, <laughs> haneco 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 all right haneco naturals yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. a vegan skincare line. And I know, know, yes. So I I, I mean, I know veganism has been around for a while, but to me, it Mm -hmm. seems like it's more, I guess, I don't say accepted, but I guess more known from the general population about veganism. You know, we've always heard about vegetarians and stuff like that, but veganism is, been more more widely known widespread so about Mm -hmm. that you know what made you want to and of course i'm i'm it's obvious that you want to be more healthy um but what made you actually want to take that route and do vegan skincare and hair care
1: well um haneko has been in the works for the past three years And um, I'm actually a natural hairstylist. Um, I don't do anything. I don't do relaxers or anything to that nature. And um, becoming a natural hairstylist, I started to notice that my client's hair was rejecting the um, products that I would buy from inside the store, including myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, how did I start? I went. it was. So for instance, um, my conditioner, my hair is extremely dry Mm -hmm. and my clients, that was something, you know, as a hairstylist, barber, whatever, you always want to make sure you're listening to your clients. And so if they're complaining about something, then there's a, then obviously it's something that their body or their hair is needed. And so, um, and even with myself, like I, like I said, my hair, I have naturally dry hair and naturally dry skin. And so, um, One day I ran out of the conditioner that I was using. So I picked up a bottle of um, conditioner that I had underneath my sink, a conditioner, a a line that I don't even use, but I had it. And I put it in my hair and something was just like, hey, you need to read the back of the bottle. And I did. And the first five or 10 ingredients was things I couldn't pronounce. Uh It was alcohol and not even there is such thing as good alcohol and hair care and skincare products. It was isopropyl alcohol, like it was, it was crazy. And I'm Googling these things and I'm like, I hurried up and rinsed it out of my hair and I freaked out. And I was like, man, like, we are really putting all of these chemicals within our body and it's flowing through our bloodstream and it's not helping. Like, we're wondering why our hair is dry. We're wondering why our skin is dry. We're wondering why we're out of nowhere. You're getting these allergic reactions. And so um, I started to Google things, help like natural ingredients, stuff that was um, you know, grown within the earth that can actually help moisturize and just help heal our, our, our bodies. Like our bodies heal naturally. Like we're self healing. And I don't right. think a lot of people realize that like our bodies can self heal. And so, um, so I started to Google, you know, avocado, shea butter, different, um, different ingredients, aloe vera juice, mm-hmm. um, different oils and stuff. And so I created my, um, so the first thing I created was my um, deep conditioning treatment. Um, so I was like, okay, I don't want to put any uh, preservatives in my treatment. So you actually have to put it in the refrigerator, and I do sell that. Um, I also, so the second thing was lotion. Mm-hmm. I growing up, my mom used to put Vaseline on us, and I was like, <laughs> I just don't see myself walking around looking greasy <laughs> like that. I just can't do it. Right, so yeah. um, I, I started. I lotions just wasn't working for me. My skin would still feel super dry. Or it just wasn't working out. So I was like, okay, shea butter, boom. So started making my own shea butter. My skincare line, I was using Noxzema or I've been using Noxzema for years and um, because my mother was using it and I noticed that Noxzema was burning my skin. So I was like, okay, this isn't working. And I started to change out with different products. And mind you, these products are costing me like 20, 30, 40, $50 and it's still not working. So I was like, okay. So I started to Google things for skincare. So boom, made my own skincare line. Um, So literally, Haneko was birthed because the things that I was buying in store with all the extra chemicals was doing nothing but harming my body. So, and even when it came down to my clients, you know, their hair, again, like I'm listening to them. Hey, Michael, my hair is dry. I've used the product line that you told me to use. It's just not working. So my client's hair started to react um to my products like their hair was soaking it in like their hair stays moisturized and I was like okay so um I like I said this has been in the works for the past three years but I really haven't had the time to really just sit down and actually like get it together so um so during quarantine I had nothing else better to do but to Get on Amazon, buy the products that I need, uh-huh. or get, buy the stuff that I need. Um, I get my shea butter from literally from Ghana. I have a friend that goes out there, and she connected oh, wow. me with her people out there. So right. um, everything is fresh. Everything is literally like I I get in my kitchen and we make
0: whip products. up some whip up some stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So that's right. what I was doing on quarantine. So <laughs>
0: that's what's up. So. I know people relate vegan you know being a vegan to like expensive like buying stuff to eat is you know it's expensive is that Mm -hmm. the same for you like buying your stuff to make your products is it expensive on the expensive side um
1: that's a really good question and And why is that i say that Huh.
0: no i was about to say if it is expensive like i wonder why is it why is everything that's better for you more expensive
1: well and this is okay so i actually was gonna write a post um it's funny down here we just had a um a a black owned farmers market open up okay and um i went my first time going in there absolutely loved it and so uh, aloe leaf from this particular place is a dollar and some change cheaper Then let's say if I go to Kroger, if I go to Publix or even Walmart, and it's actually the Black-owned, and I'm not saying it's because it's Black-owned, but the farmer's market was a lot more juicier. And for me, it actually did better on my skin. Mm. So um, for me, um, I think it just depends on who you buy your stuff from. Right. Um, because even, um, I'm, I'm not a vegan as far as eating. I I don't eat meat and I try to stay uh, away from dairy, which is kind of easier said than done because dairy just comes in everything. Um, And I thought becoming a vegan, eventually that's the plan. But I, you know, I thought becoming vegan, it was going to be way more expensive and, Honestly, it just really depends on where you buy your product from. Um, Whole Foods is actually, in, in my opinion, they are absolutely ridiculously overpriced. Um, mm. But that is somewhere that I buy, like, my honey. I buy my honey from there. And um, I won't be buying my aloe vera plant from there anymore. I'm going to go continue to go to this other place. Yeah. But I think it's just really where – it just depends on where you buy your stuff from. Like, for me, a big old, a big old pail of shea butter – Could cost me about 60, about 60 bucks, but I get like those really big pails. So, I mean, that's not expensive, especially if I'm getting ready to put it in everything. You know what I mean? I just think it's, I think it's, you know, shopping wisely. You know what I'm saying? Best like Compare products. your prices, compare the ingredients, compare um, where you're buying your shea butter from because for our, our, any products that you're using, because for me, I want you to be able to get the benefits of everything that I'm purchasing. You know what I mean? So if I have to spend a little bit more money compared to buying shea butter from the hair store where I know it's been processed on top of process, on top of process, on top yeah. of process, then I'll just pay that extra money Um so that you can get the benefits of the product
0: so do you so you got to price your products more right if you pay more right or do you Uh, try to keep it the same as you if you would have bought bought a different type of product
1: well again it all depends because for me i'm trying to think i don't think i spent that much money on i think i spent more money on the containers than i did the actual Mm products if that makes any sense the containers cost me a little bit More and it wasn't really that much more, but I like to buy things in bulk. Yeah. So that way, like, I'm not scrambling. Like, somebody wants to buy like two or three things of shea butter, of whipped shea butter, then I don't have to go crazy trying to order it online. I already have it at my house. So I want to say, all together, I think I want to spend, I think I want to say, I spent uh, maybe a thousand. Mm -hmm. and that's not bad on you know i for me i don't think that's bad especially buying all of the ingredients and the product and the like containers that they need to go into and the labels that's not bad
0: and you're you're able to make a lot of units out of that out of all those materials you're able to make a lot of units out of that right
1: correct Mm -hmm. okay
0: cool cool so um Mm -hmm. are you online are you selling yourself online or you just selling it like locally
1: no i have a i do have a website haneconaturals.com um i also sell it in my salon so um a lot of my clients i need to restock because they don't don't took everything which i'm not mad by (laughs) right that's great please please, buy more yes yes. um, (laughs) that's a that's a that's a good problem yeah that's a great problem (laughs) i think the only problem is now having taken the time to actually like restock the product to put in the salon so i think that's probably been the biggest issue like i can restock like i'm good like if somebody orders online you know what i'm saying but Uh like having to keep the product on the shelf and it's just me so it's not i don't have help like it's literally just me i'm literally making the product filling the product up labeling it stocking it up shipping it out on top of having a salon, and on top of working on other business ventures and on top of still trying to live a life have a life so um eventually that goes back to our team eventually i'm gonna have to hire somebody because there's absolutely no oh wait and we're not even talking about social media social media is a job by itself
0: oh man are you serious yes i feel the same way like knowing what to (laughs) post and when to post and you know man i haven't posted in a long time make a post today type thing you know it's a
1: lot
0: that's tough it's a lot and especially how yeah. you were saying you know having to make the product ship the product like you know i do most of the things by myself so like i just got to order today for somebody to bought a shirt so like i don't really keep i mean you probably can see my setup behind me um mm-hmm. but i don't really make i don't have stuff in stock like everything that people order i buy i mean that i make it as soon as they order so made to order type thing um right but sometimes I do wish I I would keep some items in stock, but it kind of helps me not over make stuff because, you know, I can have like this type of t-shirt and I can make a lot of them, but they might be sitting around for a while because that might be not the most popular item. So I just try to make, do everything in the order. And that kind of helps me, um, you know, not just have a lot of stuff that's sitting around, you know, I can just make it right. as they go. But at the same time, it's yeah. like, man, I got to make it. And, Packet it, shipping. It. No, it takes a while, but right. you know.
1: I think um, because I kinda had the same issue. I made um I'm not even gonna give the number of what I made of my sasha buttercream with body butter. I made a lot of them. And um, because I'm thinking in my mind, like, okay, well just make sure you're stocked up and you're and you're good. And that was an extremely bad idea. So what I've learned with my business, what I can make ahead of time and what I don't need to make ahead of time. So the shea butter, uh, the whipped shea butter, because shea butter is not everybody got whipped shea butter. if if one out of, like, one out of five girls got a whipped body butter line or they make whipped body butter. So, I, um, so that was not my biggest seller. People bought it, but, like, that was not my biggest seller compared to, like, my hair butter or compared to my shampoo or compared to um, my skincare, my skincare line. That sold, like, Mm -hmm. very quickly. So, um, I've learned to at least have, like, my, my my face cleanser. That's, that's going to be in stock, period. Like, cause that sells the most. Or like my 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 moist my face my face moisturizer. That's going to be stock because I know that's going to sell the most. The shea butter, which is the wet body butter, which is probably the hardest thing to make. Yeah, God, that's the hardest thing to make. Um, I still that's the only thing that I'm not going to be able to just have sitting around. Like, I'm literally going to have to take the time to make it. And I tell my clients, like, I tell people who purchase, like, hey. It's going to be five to seven business days before it's shit because it's made fresh, especially if you order that body butter. Like, I got to make it fresh. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But just to at least have, like, a couple of things, if you know, especially with your T-shirt line, having a couple of things out already. You don't have to make, like, 20 shirts. But if you got, like, one of each size, that helps. So that way you don't have to, you know take
0: that time, take that extra time to go make it like, oh, shoot, I already got an extra line this. Okay, cool. Well, all right. See you in a couple of days. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just it's, you know, this um, trial and error and knowing what to do and what not to do. But you're not going right. to ever know if it's not a good thing until you try it. And then if it's not, then it's like, all right, I want to do that again. Move on. You know? Right. Most definitely. So, um, and I got a couple more questions for you um before we wrap it up. Um, any advice to any entrepreneurs out there if you can give them like one piece of advice what what would you say to them
1: Mm. don't despise small beginnings yes i am the perfectionist i i oh my god I don't play. I am the perfectionist, <laughs> especially when it comes down to my business. I, or anything that I do, I want it to be in excellence. I want it to be like, um, perfect. And I kind of had to calm myself down. I had a bit of an issue, um, the week of our, the week of my grand an opening for, oh my opening for Haneko, And, um, I found myself, me and the young lady that was doing my, um, my website, we were running around like a chicken with our head cut off because we were given some information at the very last minute. Um, That was really frustrating. And I had to like, literally take a step back and be like, Michael, just breathe. Everything is going to go well. Not only that. So we were able to get everything done um, the night before um, the launch and everything went well. Well, I got, I got, a lot of orders, but my, um, my friend that did my uh, website messed up, <laughs> uh, accidentally misspelled, and, like it was just one, it was just one word, one letter mm-hmm. that was off the email address. So like oh, my man. family, luckily one of my cousins was like, Hey, I can't wait to get my order. And I was like, huh? And I'm thinking like, I never received an email and come to find out the email was wrong. So I was oh, like, okay. So then the following week I'm sending out packages, and um, the first couple of people—luckily, these are people that I know—they're—they're they're sending me pictures like, "Hey, the product leaked out the bag." And I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Mm-hmm. But it's trial and error, and I had to literally tell myself because I'm quick to pop off. I was like, "Michael, <laughs> just relax. Like, okay, so now you know you need to double bubble wrap this, or you know, you already got the email fixed out. That's okay." So. You know, I had to. I have to remember, and just for anybody else, like, you know, I know you want it to be perfect, and I know you want that day to be perfect, and that's fine. But it doesn't matter. Even if you get this part right, there's always going to be something that you're going to have to learn from this. So, you know, take the time that you need, ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help, and just give yourself a break. Like, this is the vision that God gave me. He told me this was going to be, like, really big. Okay, so work up to that. You know what I mean? Like, everything is not going to be perfect your first couple of months, maybe year. And if it does, then glory to God, I need to be on your team. I need your people. Tell your people to call me ASAP. But if not, like, just build. I feel like, you know, I think we get so excited or we want these popcorn, these popcorn blessings or we want everything, especially this generation, we want things to happen like this. If you're building something, you can't miss that. Uh just build get your get your layout together and build when that everything is going to come exactly the way it needs to but build because what you don't want to do with a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs um they start off like they start off like good Uh and then when in the seasons where they're like okay so what am I doing or so what do I that's why you see a lot of people like you know they stop doing the whole entrepreneur thing or they'll stop doing that part and they'll move on to something else and then that doesn't go the way they want it to. Then they move on to something else. No, like you have to build, just like a building block. You have to build. Rome wasn't built in a day, it took time. So that's my advice.
0: Yeah, that's that's facts. And you know, one thing I can add on to what you said, you know, I always try to tell people to enjoy the grind, enjoy the slow grind, man. Like enjoy the, the process of you trying to build something. And if you already enjoy doing it, by you having a slow grind and slowly building up, it's going to be enjoyable. You're going to have some, you know, some roadblocks in your way, but mm-hmm. by you already knowing this is your passion, this is what you like to do, you're going to enjoy mm-hmm. the ride. You know what I'm saying? As compared right. to someone that's just getting into it to make money, and to, and only to make money, you know, you're going to probably quit a lot easier compared to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, right,
1: and all. And also, I do not mean to cut you off. No, from, fine. Your process is your process. Like, mm-hmm. I had to learn that, too. How somebody else does their business or how somebody else um, puts their stuff out there on social media is not how you're going to do it. And it kind of bothers me sometimes when I um, – when I see, you know, people teaching, well, this what, this is this is what worked for me. So I'm gonna teach you how it worked for me. It's it and okay, so what worked for you worked for you. It's not going to work for anybody else. Like you can give them, you can help them showing them social media, you know, that's great. But what works for you works for you. It was yeah. able to work for you. Um and partially for me, and this is just me, I think it's I, I don't think it's right that people charge um because your process is your process like I don't think it's right when people charge other people their process and charge it hey this will work for you if you do this no because I'm in a different right, area right. I have there's a different I have a different client I have a different audience um and I'm just different all together like there's people by the city I live in Huntsville is nothing like Virginia or Virginia is nothing like New York like it's totally different for different people so I think it's very important like figure, that's why I say build, figure, figure it out, like figure yourself out, figure out your surroundings, like focus on that one particular thing. If this is not selling, throw that out. So, okay. So what is selling? Focus, like focus on your process, do what works best for you.
0: That's a fact. I can definitely agree with that. And um, yeah, I mean, as far as what you said, you know, everything that someone might have done might not work for you. And I mean, it's certain, things of advice that somebody can give someone else but it's not just one tutorial on how to do certain things you know it's it's gonna be slightly different on how you do it you know um right but yeah that's just something that we all gotta understand just you know follow our own path and go out at our own pace and stop looking at others you know when you're going when you're racing when those people are racing in the olympics they're not looking at who's beside them they just they they focus on the finish line, they just running right. and focus on it. As soon as you turn your head, that person gonna be gone, they're gonna pass you. And you could be like, Man, why oh, you gonna fall on your face. You gonna fall, you can be like, Man, how come that happened? Why why did that happen to oh, me? You going and people gonna be like, You you was paying attention to other people, you know, you can't do that.
1: Right. You know? Right.
0: And I know sometimes it can be discouraged and might you know, you might see somebody else that might be a little bit further along than you on the same journey, but you know, is your blessing's gonna come As well, you just got to be patient, you know. Right. Most definitely, and um, this is my last question I ask everyone. Um, it's kind of a broad question, but let's answer the best you can. Um, how do you plan to capture the world?
1: Say that one more time. I'm sorry, I had to take my headphones out. My stick died on me.
0: Oh, it's fine. (laughs) I was I was saying, how do you plan to capture the world?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Hold on. Let me let me think about that for a second. That's a really that's a real good
0: question. Um Yes, take your time. <laughs> <laughs> that is a
1: deep, it's a deep question. Right. Um by doing what I was meant why i was put into this earth i've always been my pastor always says like there's a problem in the earth that you were born and you were created to solve like not to say that there's other people that aren't doing the same thing but there's too many people in this world that you know that one person or whoever that may be like beyonce can't touch everybody
0: Mm -hmm.
1: she can't you know what i'm saying she might be a great influencer but she cannot touch everybody so as long as I'm doing what I was created to do then I've done my part so whatever whether whether that's be whether that's being a business owner whether that's my book books whether that's I don't know just giving a hug to somebody on the street at that particular moment like I feel like that's 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 I'm doing what I'm supposed I'm doing what I was created to do in
0: this particular time that's good that's a great answer actually i mean because that's what you know my brand's kind of about um just about you know all the young creatives around the world just doing what they think is their purpose in life and um mm-hmm. you know like when you rem- when you wear my brand it basically represents you as a person you're not really representing me like compared to like some a, a clothing brand that's like you know tommy hilfiger or Gucci, you know, it's like a name, a name of a person, but you're representing yourself by capturing the world. So, yeah, right. it's, it's just, you know, like you said, doing what you think is your purpose in life and just keep going with that. Absolutely. Most definitely. Absolutely. So where can um our listeners find you on social media one more time? So I actually have three, <laughs> I
1: actually have three Instagram pages. It's cool. Say, um, say all I of them. Huh?
0: <laughs> I said tell us everything, all of them We want to know all of
1: them I got you, so <laughs> I, I have my personal page Which is also where I kind of um, You get to see Michael You know what I mean, you don't get right. to see just Michael The Entrepreneur or whatever have you, you get to see crazy, silly Michael, um, who also loves to uplift. So that is, I am Michael, M I C H A L Renee R E N E E. Again, that's the personal page. That's I am Michael Renee. Um, I have my business page where I do have YouTube videos, haircut videos, or whatever videos you can think of and just stuff about my business. That is sheer glory salon, and that's S-H-E-E-R-G-L-O-R-Y Sheer Glory Salon. And then I have my Haneko Naturals. And that is the skincare and hair care products. That is Haneko H O N E K O N A T U R L A S. A L S, excuse me. I'm sorry, Haneko Naturals. See, it's like so many. And then my Facebook is the same. It's the it's the same on my Facebook page, on, on Facebook for my business pages
0: awesome awesome i definitely got to send your request on facebook so i can just you know follow what you're doing and we can um still keep in touch that way and um yeah man i I just appreciate you coming out and being part of the podcast i definitely support what you're doing you know you know black entrepreneurship i mean entrepreneurship in general but especially black-owned businesses um you know gotta support each other gotta you know inspire each other and keep all of us going. You know, it's a lot of talented people out here. And we just gotta be known it's just run for all of us to be successful. So that's what it's all about. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well thank you so much for having me. I definitely enjoyed this.
0: This was a lot of fun. Likewise, likewise. And um thank y'all for all of our listeners, all of our YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple Podcast listeners. Thank y'all for your team with The Rock with us. Please spread the word about the show. Please leave a review. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And yeah, we got plenty of great content to come for the rest of the year. And um, let's keep sticking with us. And this is your host, David Carmichael II, and my guest, Michael Renee. Thank you again. And um, this is the end of the episode. We see y'all the next episode. Have a good one. Peace. Bye
1: guys. If I let this down, Bye. <laughs> <laughs>